0: Welcome to Three, Two, One. I 1, iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch, and your host for today. Today we are thrilled to have Kate White, who is someone I have long admired, and I'm beside myself to have the honor of interviewing her today. Kate is a nationally known authority on leadership, work and success and a New York Times best-selling author of several influential books on those topics. And she's also the New York Times best-selling author of 12 fiction books, seven Bailey Wiggins m- mysteries, and five psychological thrillers. Now I know her best as the editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan magazine for 14 years, as well as Red book and Working Woman and a few others. At Cosmo, she increased circulation by 30% during her tenure and oversaw all aspects of this top worldwide brand, including the website, apps, books, and videos. Most recently, Kate is the author of the Gutsy Girl Handbook. Her success strategies are based on her long career as a highly regarded media executive. We're going to be talking about Kate's career path, applying the nine core principles from Gutsy Girl to relaunching, returning to work after a career break, and also get Kate's recommendations for relaunching in media, magazines, and creative fields. I hope we can get to all of it. So welcome, Kate, to 321i Relaunch. Thank you, Carol.
1: Love being here with you.
0: Well, wow, we're so excited. And I, you know, as I mentioned, I've been following your career forever and it has been amazing. Can you please just start out by telling us about your career and what led up to
1: you writing the Gutsy Girl Handbook? Well, I think always during my career as both a writer and an editor, I realized I was fascinated by strategies. Why did a meeting go better than another meeting? Or why did someone making a pitch sound better than someone else? And an executive I knew wrote a book on career success once. And I read it and I thought, you know, there's not enough takeaway here. And I realized, I think I have a way of looking at things and really being able to figure out what went right and what went wrong, and boil it down to the strategy. So about 23 years ago, in the middle of my magazine career, I wrote a book called Why Good Girls Don't Get Ahead But Gutsy Girls Do, and it really focused on strategies for success based on an observation I made that women often didn't get as far as they wanted or as quickly as they wanted because they had these good girl instincts. And those instincts were holding them back. So the book ended up being a bestseller. And I figured it would be obsolete in a few years. And I even said in the last paragraph, this book will be obsolete. (laughs) Right. Because, Because I figured women are changing. They're going to change. And certainly we have changed. And we know that it's important to lean in and know our value and all those things. But I still think women sometimes... Fall back on good girl instincts and good girl behavior, but they don't see it as such. It's wearing a disguise. So they might say things like, I'm just waiting for the perfect moment, or I'm being considerate, or I'm not going to rock the boat unnecessarily. And yet that can be good girl behavior and it can hold you back. And so, with the publisher's inspiration, I redid the book for both a new generation of women, but also. Women who just needed to be reminded. When I did the Today Show last week, even Hoda was saying, Yeah, you know, we all need this stuff and we do. We sometimes need to be reminded. You gotta kick some butt to get what you want. Though I don't mean that in a nasty way.
0: Right. And I love the title and I love the evolution from good girl to gutsy girl. So I, I really like just thematically where you're going there. Um so in the book, you talk about nine core principles. Can you give us some highlights uh, and just tell us a
1: little bit about what those principles are? Well, the bottom line is that it's all about not waiting for things to happen to you, but going for it, whether that means asking for the money and opportunities you want, raising your hands so your boss knows that you are interested in, in representing your company at an outside event it sometimes means taking a seat at a meeting table that when you walk in, you think no one's sitting there, but uh, I'm sure it's for somebody, right? But But if no one's sitting there, it's for you. So grab it. And I know that you're interested in hearing which of these that I feel work best for someone who's relaunching. So should I Talk about some of those. Sure. Um, you know, our audience is primarily people
0: who have taken a multi-year career break and are looking to get back to work. So any uh, any advice that you can extract from the core principles that apply specifically to relaunchers, as we call them, would be extremely helpful.
1: Great, because I, I so admire women who are going to relaunch. And you know, that can be scary and challenging and people discriminate too. And they really are, they sometimes don't see the value of a woman who's been doing a variety of things, but may not be in a traditional workplace for many years. I think that one of the most important things I talk about in the book that applies to relaunchers is the chapter that I call, decide what you want to be famous for. Because Picking a lane and knowing your brand is more important than ever when you've been out of the workplace. And the tendency may be to want to pile on and show everything you've been doing, but you really want to narrow it and describe your professional brand as clearly as possible. And you want it to be unique if you can, be doing something that not everybody can bring to it. And and you really want it to be very clear and concise. And I recommend writing down eight or nine words after a lot of thought that help you see these are the, the core things that you love doing, that you do well, and, you've, and, and you have been doing perhaps in some non-traditional ways. Then try to knock that down to three words and then come up with a brand statement. And it's really important to do because if you're trying to be too many things and all things to all people, it's not going to work. It's also really important to think about appearance. I talk about in one of the rules, I I talk about how it's not fair, but appearances matter. And the gutsy woman gets that. And I think sometimes if you've been out of the workplace for a while, you may not be aware of how the rules change. You don't want to be the last woman that shows up there uh, wearing a the last woman standing in a pair of nude pantyhose, because in a lot of workplaces people don't wear pantyhose anymore. So it's really important to make sure that if you're going for interviews again, you just don't cl- shop your closet. You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to first do some research, see what women in their 30s and 40s are wearing and dress for the job you aspire to, bearing in mind what's what's current. It's very important. And, and sometimes, you know, people make judgments so quickly, the decision not to hire is sometimes made within the first five to 10 minutes of a job interview. What are they basing that on? They're basing it on appearance in large part. And the other thing I think that's so important for relaunchers is a chapter on ask for what you want, even if you can come up with a good reason why you shouldn't. No one is going to hand it to you. If you want to get back in there, you're going to have to ask for it. And maybe even, this is kind of crazy, but even invent the position yourself. Just a quick story years ago, when I was, uh, before I came to New York to work in magazines, I worked on an environmental bond act in New York State. And when I got to New York, I was really disappointed about how things were moving in the magazine business after a couple months. I'd gotten a really bad job. And just for the heck of it, I wrote to the head of uh, the Department of Environmental Conservation in New York State, and I pitched this job that I would do based on what I had done. And much to my shock, they said yes. Now, I didn't take that job. I realized my future was in magazines. But it made me realize that there was something to be said for saying to someone, here's what I can do for you let me do it. Right. And that may be something someone who is a relauncher thinks about doing. Right. You
0: are touching on so many themes that I want to um, ask you a little bit more about. Um, so first of all, the whole concept of decide what you want to be famous for, um, it, it reminds me of what we emphasize to relaunchers in terms of career assessment. You have to figure out what you want to do all over again. And it feels as though that um, just that methodology of picking the eight or nine words and reducing it to three words and um, that helps you in a very concise way to describe and think about what you're interested in doing. So I, I just want to know, does that come from being in a magazine background and having to write
1: headlines that sort of captured, <laughs> you know, and grabbed, or did that come from somewhere else? Actually, I've learned a, a lot about branding, not so much from the magazine business, but by really reading a lot of books on marketing. <clears throat> and for my book, I interviewed a bunch of fabulous young women who are working in the branding area of major companies. And just to give you an example, this is what I did for myself as a public speaker. And this in a way is relaunching because I, I left Cosmo to be able to work on my own as much as I loved it. I wanted why I still could to do it. And so I had to, in a sense, relaunch. And so when I was trying to come up with like a brand statement for myself in order to define myself as a speaker the words that I came with were former editor-in-chief, best-selling author, career expert authority, entrepreneur, advocate for gutsiness, which to me was all about bigger, better, bolder, mentor. And then I boiled it down to the three words that I think meant the most for me in terms of what I wanted to talk about. And those were authority, career, and bigger, better, bolder. And then it was easy from there to come up with a brand statement. And mine became Kate White's The Authority on Bigger, Better, Bolder Careers. And that's just an example. It's not the world's most incredible brand statement. It's not up there with FedEx when it absolutely has to be there overnight. But (laughs) it gives you an idea of using the process and the little strategy for coming up with your statement, which is so important to do when you're relaunching.
0: Yes. Thank you for that example. It really, really helps um, just crystallize exactly what the strategy is. Can you comment on confidence and um, confidence among people who don't take career breaks and then confidence as it relates to people who are coming back from career break?
1: When I was doing the research for Gutsy Girl Handbook, it just reinforced for me that no matter where we are, men and women, we go through real confidence crises. And I think it's more pronounced when you're relaunching because it's not like you're applying for a job when you already have a good job and like it and know you're doing well. And that bolsters how you feel about yourself. You've been out of the workplace and you've been doing something that may not compare to what you're looking, the field you're looking into again. I mean, in terms of your level and so it's hard not to feel that imposter syndrome taking over. But I think it's important to remember the imposter is not you. The imposter is that that's person in your head. In some ways, I like to think of it as, did you ever see that old classic horror movie, When a Stranger is Calling? And if, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I have you to probably, see it. <laughs> yeah, you probably know the urban legend it's based on. A woman, a girl is babysitting and she starts getting these really scary calls telling her to check on the children. And she finally ends up calling the police. And they tell her the next time the guy calls, keep him on the line and we'll try to figure out where he is. And then we can go arrest him. But they call back after she gets the next call to say, we trace the call, and he's in the house. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> and in, some, in some ways, that imposter is just in the spare bedroom of your brain. It's not you, I and, and you just have to realize that it's, it's, it's just uh, a failure of nerve. And one of the things that really helps me at times where my confidence seems to have left the building inexplicably for someone my age is to remind myself of the other person or other people and what I have to contribute for them. The actress Natalie Dormer, when I gave a dinner party for her when I was at Cosmo, she's in Game of Thrones and she played Anne Boleyn in The Tudors. She said that an older actor once told her the way you handle auditions without freaking is to remind yourself that the people in that room are looking for a solution and you could be the solution they're looking for. So instead of focusing on yourself and, well, your hair is not looking good that day or the fact that you're, you may be a little too young for the part or too old for the part, you just think, what can I do for these people? And that's what you need to do. You need to focus on the other people as much as possible And that does a wonderful job sometimes of taking that fear away because you're less self-obsessed. And the more you start listening to them, as a speech person expert said to me in the book, the Gutsy Girl book, she said, focus on being interested and not interesting. So ask questions, find out about them. And I'm talking about whether it's a job interview or any kind of experience, get out of your own head. That is great,
0: great advice. Thank you. You You're listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we talk about strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, your host, and I'm speaking with Kate White, the former editor in chief of Cosmopolitan magazine fiction writer, nonfiction writer, and most recently, the author of the Gutsy Girl Handbook. So Kate, can you reveal the unexpected secret of strong leaders, or do we need to read the book in order to find that out?
1: Well, I'd love it if people read the Gutsy Girl Handbook because it really is for women, not only who are starting out and early in their careers, but definitely for women in their 40s and 50s, because I feel they often have to be reminded of taking a gutsier approach. But one of the secrets of gutsy leadership is being a listener. And often when we think of a woman who's a great leader, we pick her, pitch, picture her talking. Maybe she's giving a knockout presentation or she's even being interviewed someplace or she's talking to her staff running a meeting. But really great leaders know how to listen. They pay attention. They they listen not only for words, but body language. And I think that's a great lesson for relaunchers too, one of the best publishers I ever worked with was an amazing listener, and she was in sales, so that's how she got to be a great publisher, because salespeople pay attention. And I think what you want to do is read between the lines, hear what people are saying. There was a woman I, I worked with at a, on a magazine, and she reported to me, and I loved her. And she took a couple of years off to raise her kids. Once the second kid was born, and When she finally decided to get back in the workplace, she had an interview for a great number two position at this small magazine that my company was starting, but it was an experiment in how to try to run a magazine at a lower cost. And even though the editor-in-chief told her all this at the meeting, when it came time to talk a little bit about like, what kind of salary are you looking for? My former colleague wanting to be a gutsy girl named this huge number. And much later, she found out that that had really boxed her out right away. The person thought, "Well, I can't even negotiate down to that. I mean, it's just too too high. I mean, I can't negotiate up to that, or we're, we're never going to meet." And my, what I tried to say to this person who I mentor is, "You weren't paying attention. That that actually." If you had been willing to take less, it would have been a great re-entry point. You could have stayed two years and then gone on to something with a bigger salary. But she wasn't hearing. So it's really important to ask a lot of questions, hear what the person is telling you, use back words they say and in your conversation.
0: Right. And you know, you are talking to an audience of people who are primarily in their 40s and 50s. So this is quite relevant. Um, Something else that you talk about are game changing notice me ideas. And I wanted to know if you could give us an example of one of those.
1: Well, it's really important, no matter what stage you are in your career, to do more than you've been told to do. You've got to come up with big innovative, sometimes disruptive ideas that set you apart from the pack. And one of the key ways is to ask yourself what's missing. Now, one of the game-changing ideas I talk about in, in my book is when I was at Cosmo, I heard on the radio that melanoma was the fastest growing cancer for young women. But rather than just say, I'm going to do something in an upcoming issue about it. I use a process I love to talk about where I call it the four B's. You ask yourself, could it be bigger, better, bolder, more badass? And so what I ended up doing with that project was instead of putting something in one issue, I put something in every issue. And I called it the Practice Save Sun campaign. And we gave an incredible luncheon eventually every year. And then I went to my Congresswoman and asked her if she would consider legislation on it. And she did and it became the TAN Act. And our readers were really profoundly interested by uh, influenced by this campaign. So that's what I call the game changing idea is when you take something the way you've always done it or or the first instinct and ask yourself, how can you make it bigger and bolder? Now, Another way to do that is, as I said, to ask what's missing. What could you do that solves a problem for your boss? I got a great letter from someone not long ago saying that she'd heard me say this someplace. And she was a an, an associate at a PR company, just a fairly a small boutique company. And she realized what was missing for them was they didn't have a crisis manual. So She created a proposal for one, gave it to her boss, and her boss said, wow, this is great. And she did that with three or four other things. And she said that she was promoted within nine months. And she was sure it was because she solved some really interesting problems they had that they hadn't even thought about having.
0: Right. Very interesting. Um, you also talk about side hustles and why they're good. And I wanted to know just generally why you think that. And also, is there an example that you can give us of what a side hustle might be? It, does that mean you're working full time and then on the side, you're doing something that's like a pro bono interest? Or is it something that you sort of integrate into the work that you're the paid work that you're doing?
1: Well, Carol, I always had two side hustles when I was at Cosmo, public speaking and writing murder mysteries, though so back then I thought of it as plan B, you know, what to do if you get fired. And fortunately, I never faced that, but they both worked out for me down the road. And today, a lot of young women romanticize the idea of side hustles. They, they think about starting their own jewelry design business one day, and they start to do it on the side, or they're going to be fashion designers or whatever, and that's great to some degree, but don't overlook what a great company can do for you. If you get vested in that company, the kind of salary it can provide in the long term. So you don't want to romanticize it. One great side hustle, I think, is to have a side hustle that you're not necessarily interested in launching one day into a business, but that is building skills for you. I spoke to a woman today. In fact, she wanted me to come in and speak to this organization and at for this very clever evening she had planned. And this is a woman who's in IT, but this is a media organization that she belongs to. And she ended up becoming part as her part on the, she's on the board now, being involved in event planning. So that's a side hustle for her. She's not getting paid for it but it's not only really increasing her skill base but with something she loves because you should strengthen your strengths not your weaknesses and it's also introducing her to a ton of people in fact she told me I recommended another speaker to her and she told me that that she realized that the the, the speaker i recommended had some really information that would also benefit her current company. And she was going to bring that up with them. So it's serving a lot of roles for her. So I think side hustles are really great. If you're not back in the workforce and you're planning to relaunch one day, let your side hustles, the volunteer work you do, anything you're involved in, let them help build skills for you that you can showcase when you go back and start pitching for a job.
0: You know, it's really interesting that you mention event planning because one of the recommendations we make to relaunchers is to get involved in their professional association when they're on career break in an event planning role because then they meet gurus in their field because they're asking them to be speakers or to recommend on the format of programming. And they form this relationship with those experts Uh, based on something that is completely separate from their job search. And that's part of building the relationship with them. And then later on, maybe something um, is helpful to them from that person that is actually related to their job
1: search. So absolutely. And Carol, another part of that is because they're engaging with speakers, they're engaging with a really high level of person who's going to make a great reference one day as opposed to somebody who may be on their own level. Exactly.
0: Well, Kate, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And as we wrap up, I want to know if you can answer the one question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is if you can give our relaunchers a top piece of advice, even if it's something that we've already talked about today.
1: Absolutely. Carol, I think the most important thing you can do is pick that lane. Don't be afraid to narrow it down to something that someone is going to say, yes, I need someone doing just that. And then ask for what you want. Don't be afraid, even if you're relaunching, to negotiate a starting salary because they're so often low-balling. And maybe you can have to be less flexible, but still, try it and see what happens.
0: Excellent advice and a great way to end. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank you, Carol. And can you tell our audience how they can find out more about the Gutsy Girl Handbook?
1: The Gutsy Girl Handbook is available all over the place. It's on the graduation tables at graduation gift tables at Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon. If you go to the Today Show website, you can look at the uh, segment I did last week on it. And you could also go to my website, katewhitespeaks.com and read about it there. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you,
0: Carol. You've been listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host for today. For more information about iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.